Hey, I'm Adi. I'm Savannah, and we're the Playdos. We're here talking about simplifying our life, growing and loving our family, and learning about the world. And today we're talking about, I don't know, books and tortillas and shopping <laughs> and stuff. All right, well, let's, yeah, there, this episode, there's a lot to talk about. Mm, so, and also not that much to talk about. No. At the same time. There's like a five mini episodes. Yeah. Because there's five mini topics. Yeah. We'll see if we, we'll get through all of them. Okay, first thing. Um, this is not really like a topic. It's just something that happened. Yeah. This is more like a catch-up time. Mm-hmm. So a few days ago, we had just eaten dinner. Set, yeah. Set the scene. We had just eaten dinner. That's the scene. And... <laughs> Um, I said, oh, I'm going to make myself a little dessert. And you said, oh, that sounds good. You were like, oh, yeah, I was thinking I wanted something for dessert. That sounds good. And I said, oh, you are not going to want (laughs) what I'm going to make. Yeah. And I was right. Because Mm -hmm. what was I making? You were making this essentially a Nutella tortilla wrap. Yeah. Nutella with, and peanut butter. With peanut butter. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to put some Nutella and some peanut butter in a tortilla, wrap it up, and then I microwaved it for like 10 seconds. And what was your reaction to that? I was shocked. Yeah. Very shocked. And a little disgusted, I think. I think a little bit. Yeah, I didn't hide it. Yeah, I was just confused as to, like, why? Uh-huh. And I, just because I don't associate tortilla as a dessert food item. Right. At all. So that kind of begs the question of, like, how have you done this? Like, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> how long and, have you been doing this? And why? Mm-hmm. And then I kind of give you a lesson of like how the tortilla did not. is you didn't give me a lesson is used like through me and my people no you did not give me a lesson you didn't teach didn't. me anything that i didn't already know <laughs> and um i will say i want to give a little disclaimer here that not a disclaimer but i would have like the tortilla in that instance was kind of a substitute it would have it was sort of mm. like a makeshift crepe yeah. You know, yeah. like an Italian peanut butter crepe would have been perfect. Yeah, but we don't know how to make crepes. And uh, yeah. Uh, and a tortilla was you just You might have offended some French uh, listeners that like you. <laughs> no, I'm saying it was a substitute. I'm not saying it was the same though. No, I know. But yeah. I'm just saying like, eek, it's, yeah, a tortilla and a crepe are like very different. Like the, the service is simple. It's just, I mean, the same thing, I guess. But, but yes, they're very different. I'm, I'm acknowledging that. Yeah, the tortilla had that like that like the savory aftertaste that made me like concern for trying because <laughs> essentially I do like eventually I do try this. Yeah, and I will say that like I'm I am acknowledging here. That's what I'm saying. I'm acknowledging that a, a crepe would have been more appropriate because it's yeah. sweet. Yeah, and it's like meant to be. Mm-hmm with sweet things i mean you can have also savory crepes but anyway point is that i eventually you came around and you were like fine no no i know what you said 
you said, I'll try a bite of yours. And I was like, no, I'm going to make you your own. And if you don't want it, I will also eat yours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I made you one. And tell us your thoughts. So hesitantly, I take a bite and um, I realized from the first to last bite that I couldn't taste the the aftertaste of a tortilla Mm -hmm. that I normally get from Mm -hmm. eating a tortilla because there were there there was a lot of Nutella <laughs> that masked that. Aftertaste. I probably put too much Nutella, honestly, so but it did so mask that, the, the tortilla. That one of my teeth just kind of like really had that like crazy pain from the okay. sugar. Well, you can take that up with your dentist, but that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> but anyway, so but what did you think about it? I thought it was good, I, and I told you like, yeah, I want to admit it. It was good. Yeah. So I swallowed my pride and said it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, the Nutella and peanut butter tortilla wrap was was good. I guess you have to make sure that you put a little bit more than <laughs> than you know be to be stingy with the Nutella. Yeah, in order to mask that aftertaste of the tortilla. But and I think I don't know if this is if I'm crazy, but something about also having it a little bit warm, I think also mm-hmm. masks that like. Um, aftertaste of the tortilla as well. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah. And, and we're talking about flour tortilla. We haven't mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Corn tortilla would have been much weirder. <laughs> yeah. Do not attempt. <laughs> Please don't. Attempt at home. And um, and yeah, a flour tortilla for the record doesn't have a bad aftertaste. It's just a savory, savory. taste that would be that makes it a little confusing with the mm-hmm. the Nutella and peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, we just started talking about, like, oh, how, you, I think, said, like, uh, we used tortillas very differently growing up. We did. Which we've talked about before, I think, but um, just how, like, to me, for one thing, tortilla equaled flour tortilla. Yeah. Like, we never really used corn tortillas ever. Yeah. And tacos were, like, I know this is very offensive, but tacos were, <laughs> you know, ground beef with a taco seasoning packet, yeah, lettuce, yeah, cheese, oh boy, and sometimes like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes like a uh, what's that hot sauce? "Quote unquote hot sauce." Cholula. No, it comes in like a bottle Tabasco? that you can like squeeze. Ketchup. <laughs> yeah, ketchup. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if I thought ketchup? It's like, oh, ketchup. It's like, bro, that's not hot. You know, you're white with <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> yes, that's, a little, that's a little kick. <laughs> um, a little kick. Tabasco? Yeah, the vinegar. No, it was like that. a. It's not like a well known one. I don't know. I, You probably don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, I guess that's just going to be like that. Anyway, uh, and then also. We've talked about how my family used to make spaghetti tacos, mm-hmm. which we got from iCarly. And you literally yeah. take a flour tortilla, you make spaghetti, like mm-hmm. actual spaghetti with spaghetti sauce. Yeah. And you put that into a flour tortilla. <laughs> and it is surprisingly good. Oh my gosh. But I know that's a little little crazy i think that's an interesting way to use a flour tortilla (laughs) yeah um i'm not gonna lie and so so the way that i we used it 
in my back in the day mm-hmm. with my family is do you use you use it to so you said that you used to when you think about flor, flor, a tortilla when you think about a tortilla it's it's flour. the default is flour tortilla yeah not corn tortilla for us right. it was the opposite mm-hmm. when we say tortilla we think corn tortilla first mm-hmm. and then flour tortilla flour tortillas i think they, <laughs> as a kid i remember eating flour tortillas and cor- corn tortillas but Flour tortillas were more for, like, special occasions mm. or for sp- specific foods. Okay. Like what? Like, such as, um, whenever my parents would make this um, green sauce um, over, like, meat. Okay. And then with rice and beans, mm-hmm. it would always be flour tortilla. Mm. Yeah. Just on the side? On like, the side. It. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know why, but... Um, for the most part, whenever there was rice and beans involved on a plate, mm-hmm. there would be corn tortillas. Yeah. So corn tortillas was like kind of the your like fork and spoon. Right. Right. And same thing for flour tortillas, but again, for us, it was more a special occasion, mm-hmm. like just based on the foods that we ate. Yeah. That was the main way we used it. That was kind of our utensil. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's kind of an obvious thing, right? Like Mexicans... We eat it. We eat food for the most part with our hands. Well, I, that wasn't obvious to me. Like no? I, I never knew that. Yeah. So um, it would be corn or flour tortilla that we mm-hmm. use. Yeah, instead of fork or spoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So uh, flour tortillas. Um, or another way that another actually interesting thing that I really like about uh, my heritage is that we don't really let. Food go to waste. You mm-hmm. know, like we people eat like leftovers and stuff. When it comes to corn tortillas, whenever they get pretty dry, mm-hmm. because w- you heat up tortillas on the stove yeah. to, you know, then eat it. You put the tortillas in a, um, what do you call that? It's kind of like a basket mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, it has styro- styrofoam all over it. And like on the inside, in, in yeah. On the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, it keeps it warm. And so that's where you... Do you know what the Spanish word for that is? What it's called? I forgot. I can't remember. I totally name. forgot. Yeah. Um, so you put them in there, right? And sometimes you would make more corn tortillas than, than you, than you needed. Using, yeah. So they would stay in there and dry, right? Mm-hmm. So those leftover tortillas would be collected in the, and put in the refrigerator. And then once you had plenty uh, of dry, dried up corn tortillas, mm-hmm. you would cut them up into like triangles, mm-hmm. small triangles, and put them on the stove and put some like sauce over it and stuff, and then make a, a new plate, a new dish. Is that chilaquiles? And th- those are called chilaquiles. Yeah. And and um, try to Google that <laughs> chilaquiles. And uh, I think that's actually a, become a fairly somewhat common um, dish at like restaurants. Yeah. Like a breakfast dish. Yeah, and, and all it is is just triangle corn tortilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and over a sauce. I've never had it, but it looks really. It's good. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're pretty soggy mm-hmm. after you know the heat and the sauce and all With that the stuff. The sauce, yeah. And it's really good. Um, but that's really interesting. I never knew... Well, I wasn't really that familiar with what chilaquiles were. But also, um, I didn't know or wouldn't have known that you use, like, the leftover... Right. Like, sort of old <laughs> tortillas right. to make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but that's it, really cool. And there's... I think it's a cool thing, a beautiful thing about um, 
like just cultures out there like they do different things with the mm-hmm. foods and, and and i'm sure there's other cultures out there that don't let foods go to waste and yeah. they use it in a creative way in a new brand new dish just like mm-hmm. the chilaquiles yeah so um yeah so i just wanted to share that too um that's really cool yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah um yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of flour tortillas. Going back to flour tortillas, um, I I really like them. I think that they were kind of the, to me, they were like the special tortillas. Yeah. Um, and they have a, a better taste to me compared to the corn tortillas. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think to me too, but corn tortillas definitely have like their place. I think that with a lot of dishes, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just like a few nights ago, I made flautas. Mm-hmm. And all it is, it's like, Think about it like a like a uh, taquito, yeah. Right, you put some chicken for we used chicken, um, and in 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 the corn tortilla rolled it up and then fried it, and then there you go. That's a flauta. So mm-hmm. flauta means flute because it looks kind of like a flute. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I did not. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the corn tortillas, flauta tortillas are, are have. They're a great food item, and they're used in different ways, mm-hmm. such as spaghetti, spaghetti tacos or <laughs> flautas. <laughs> I saw, um, I was watching this YouTube video where um, they were, like, comparing, um, it was a written link video, and they were comparing, like, uh, how to make the best nachos, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking about, like, um, uh, using Mexican crema instead of, like, sour yeah. cream. Yeah, how it's so good. And I have I had never tried crema before I met you. Really, and I love crema now. It's so good, it's right? So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when the <laughs> when we're like at your parents' house and the salsa is like too spicy for me. I'm like, oh, I just wish I, would, I just want some crema. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> extra crema. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well, that was the first topic. Right? Yeah. Is there anything else? No, that's it. No, yeah. So let us know out there at how you use your flour slash corn tortillas if yeah. you use them at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd love to hear those, and you could uh, reach out at uh, Instagram and stuff. Anyway, carry on. Um, I'm gonna do a little book review. Go ahead. This is just a mini book review. Um, but one of my goals this year was to read five books. It's kind of a low goal, but mm-hmm. it's attainable, I think. It is. So I feel good goal, about that. Not a was. What? You said was. Uh, I just, yeah, sorry, I should say is. I, I was thinking of like, oh, I set the goal at the beginning of the year. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But no, you're right. It is a goal. So the first book that I read this year mm-hmm. is called Maximize, Maximize or Maximizing. I can't remember. I think it's called <laughs> Maximize Your Child's Bilingual Ability. Yeah. Um, it's not the most catchy title, I must say. Because <laughs> you just forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, it's just funny. It's like, it's very, uh, what you see is what you get. This is what the book is about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Maximize your child's by the ability. It has, the book cover is a baby holding this uh, megaphone, right? I know. I like the cover, actually. Yeah. It's yeah. cute. It's very cute. A little baby holding a megaphone. Um, okay. So, if you are raising a bilingual child, or if you are just interested in the topic at all, I'll just say up front, um, 10 out of 10 recommend. Nice. Um, this is the first book that I've read on the topic. Mm-hmm. And so the only one I've read so far, but I would say from, you know, my experience, it, it was a really good place to start. Yeah. Um, this book is like 
No frills, no fluff. It gets right to the point. Mm. So it's written by a man who is an American living in Japan, uh-huh. married to a, a woman who's Japanese. Okay. And um, he has two kids, um, and he's worked in um, like an international school in Japan mm. teaching English. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has experience with this topic. Um, professionally and at home yeah. with his own children. So he talks about, so the book is divided into two halves. The first half is um, 30 principles and the second half is 30 practi- practices. So okay. it, again, it gets right to the point. So every like quote unquote chapter is mm-hmm. either it's a principle or a practice. Okay. And it just says it right at the front, like here's the pr- principle then he describes it, and uh-huh. then next one, principle two, principle three. Nice. And he just goes through, and then he gets into the practices. Practice yeah. number one, practice number two. At first, I was kind of thinking with the principles, like, okay, can we just, like, get to the practical stuff? Yeah. But... As princi- always, right? You want to get yes. to, like, the how-to. <laughs> yes, but the principles were really good. And um, the main kind of takeaway, I think, for me from the principles was to kind of... Set your goal what, and just figure out what are you trying to accomplish with your, like, in your bilingual journey for your children. Mm-hmm. And and recognize that your efforts need to match what your goal is. So mm. he said, you know, like, for some people, the goal might be for their child to have a passing, a, a passive understanding of the second language. And that's great. If that's your goal, and that's great that they can just understand it well enough to like be able to kind of quote unquote like get by with the language okay he talked about how he basically set the highest goal possible for his children yeah which is he wants them to have native like fluency Mm -hmm. in both reading and writing in the second language Uh and so for his kids their second language is english yeah and he's the um the main person who is responsible for teaching them that language. Um, and so he is able to talk a lot about that, that experience of being the minority language speaker in the home yeah, and how much he like values it and the way that he, um, and just like the things he does and kind of his mindset in um, helping his children. But he also talks about how like your goal doesn't have to be the same as mine. And, you know, but you just have to recognize that whatever your goal is, then your efforts need to match that. Yeah. Um, and then the practices were really, really practical and they were very, um, they were not overwhelming, I would say. It mm-hmm. was really doable because you might think like, oh, 30 practices, but they were all centered around the same things. They were all centered around talk to your child in the minority language read to your child in the minority language. Okay. That was basically the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And he, the 30 practices were just like different ways you could do that. Like one example that I loved was he said that basically every morning while his children are eating breakfast, he reads to them for like 15 minutes in English. Okay. And he said, I, you know, I, I started that when they were very little and I still do it now. And so as they've gotten older, the books have gotten like more complicated and, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. But that's just, like, one practice that they do every single day. Okay. Um, and he just talks about lots of other ways to 
incorporate the minority language into your life and, you know, how to, um, one thing that I thought was interesting that I never would have, I wouldn't have like thought about it this way, Mm -hmm. but he kind of framed it in thinking of like that the minority language is kind of competing to keep up with the majority language Yeah, and how like he was saying, if you aren't practicing and you're not working towards that minority language goal, the majority language is not going to stop and wait for you. Like it's still going like it's your child is constantly every day learning, (laughs) learning that majority language. Yeah. And it's like up to you to make sure that the minority language is keeping up with it. Right, yeah. Which is daunting. And I, I would love to talk to like, to hear about your perspective on that in just a second. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to say, a very, like, interesting and kind of, like, one of the main takeaways from the book also um, was that he described how um, there's two things that your child needs in order to gain fluency in a, the second language. Mm-hmm. And that's exposure and need. So they have to be exposed to the language and they have to feel a genuine need to use it. Um, He talked about how a lot of times if children have just a lot of exposure, but they don't feel a need to use the language, they might become um, passive listeners and like understand the language passively, but not really know how to use it effectively. Mm -hmm. And so that need part is really important, which I would have never thought about how important that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I took a ton from it. Um, I think it was really interesting to me. Um, but I'm also not the minority language speaking parent, mm-hmm. but it still, it helped me, I think, to see the importance of the goal. And I think it's already shaped a little bit of the way that we do things. M- mostly that we pretty much exclusively read to Miguel in Spanish. Yeah. And we pretty much realized, like, okay, that needs to be our main focus for the next, like, several years is just reading to him in Spanish because Mm -hmm. that's one practical and easy thing that I can also do Mm -hmm. to to just make sure he's getting that exposure. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, do you want to share any thoughts on it? Yes. Um, Going back to the whole, the... There has to be a need. Like, it's good to be exposed. That's, I think, a, a really a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about a few episodes back about, like, being exposed to French, you know, since I'm learning French. Yeah. Like, I don't have that, so I don't think I'm going to get as far as I would want to. Yeah. Um, and then the the need, I think, is important, right? Because that really hits on on the whole reason why we use language, like why we speak, yeah. why we communicate. Exactly. Right. Um, and so uh, you want to like get information across to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so um, we use words in a specific language. So um, that, that is in a way like, scary to me to think like Miguel could, if you want something, he's going to tell me and he's going he's gonna to find a way Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever works and yeah. that could default to just English. Mm-hmm. And so in a way that is scary to me Yeah, to think like, yeah, I was just thinking about this thing today about like, what if Miguel gets, I need to tell him like, watch out, stop, like 
you know, like, mm-hmm. drop what you're doing. Like, there, there's a danger happening. Yeah. Like, you know, watch out. Be careful. I, I'm pretty sure uh, I'm going to say that in English. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's going to come out naturally. Yeah. So, I'm thinking, like, what... How could I prevent that from happening? <laughs> yeah. You know? From it being kind of like your default. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I catch myself, like, talking to you. You you ask me something, you know, from afar, across the room or whatever. Sometimes I do want to respond in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I stop myself. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Which that's good in a way. Like, that's good that you do still have yeah. that, like, instinct, too. I do. I do. You know? Yeah. So I would want to have... I want to have that instinct with Miguel and and, and vocalize it in Spanish and yeah. say, "Hey, you know, um, be careful in Spanish." So, yeah. So it the the whole neat thing it is in a way scary because it, yeah. it puts a lot of pressure on me, right? Um, yet going back to the exposure, like I think we we are both in agreement that we want to expose them as much as possible in, in um, to Spanish, yeah. So there's so many ways we could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So um, and again, going back to exposure and need, I guess like it is scary again to me because I'm the gatekeeper. We were just talking about this yesterday. Yeah, I'm in a way the gatekeeper to Spanish and unlocking a communication part with my family. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I would hope that the Spanish stays in in our family mm-hmm. and, 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 and pass along hopefully. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what we're doing now could affect like the, his generation and maybe the next one and mm-hmm. so on. Yes. You know? Yeah. And he talks about that in the book and that I think is such a key thing to remember that like, yeah. this is also something that we're doing for like our grandchildren <laughs> potentially as well. Right. <laughs> so it it is daunting. It is scary. Yeah, I bet. There's that fear. And but I think it's good. It, it is like a good scary. It, it's a good fear. It's a good scare, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way, because um, like, I don't want to end up thinking like, man, I, I should have yeah. done a better job. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I definitely want to read that book. Um, I, I think it is called Maximize your uh what is it your <laughs> child's bilingual child's. ability yeah, yeah yeah i definitely recommend it yeah i definitely um, want to read it but yeah we've had talks about the book and stuff and it sounds so good yeah and uh i just wanted to go off of what you were saying about like there's there's mo- many aspects to it like there's many reasons i think um for us it was kind of a a very obvious thing that like we knew we wanted to prioritize mm-hmm. and um obviously the the main reason is um, family, mm-hmm. but I think that the secondary reasons are, like you said, cult- like culture and heritage yeah. um, for him. So, yeah. like, even if he didn't need to speak Spanish to communicate with family, I think the the cultural and, like, sort of the legacy part of it is really important by itself. Yeah. And also, the, like, I would say the third thing is, um, I think it's a really valuable, like, gift that you're able to give him mm-hmm. um, that one of the first principles in the book is your child wants to be bilingual. <laughs> and yeah. like, even if you don't know it yet, like they do. And he just talked about how, like if you talk to any adult who's bilingual, um, he was like, my guess would be that 
like 99 out of 100 or maybe like 100% of them would say that they're glad that they're bilingual. Bilingual. He's like, I've never met somebody who said like, oh, I wish I wasn't bilingual. Right. You know, like that's such a, a gift and a... Um, it the li- skill like it opens so many doors i was gonna say yeah, yeah. just yeah. i mean just think i mean it's just um multiplying the amount of people that he'll be able to like communicate with yeah. and potentially like influence and yeah. love and yeah. you know just for example um like i got hired working with you alongside under yeah. you i guess uh because i speak spanish mm-hmm because they were looking for someone and they sent out an email to the whole company saying, Hey, we're looking for a Spanish speaker. No one Nobody. could yeah. say I, I could. And, and so then I, told I literally, you, like, please just tell the, tell them like my husband speaks Spanish. And I was literally d- did it as a long shot. I was like, I'm sure they're going to find someone right. in the company, but I'll just mention you. Think about that. And they, yeah. And right now, actually we're in the middle of um, like hiring yeah. some new teachers and, Somebody, like, the HR person let me know, like, oh, um, I just, like, interviewed a bilingual teacher. And I was like, yes, like, we need that so badly. Yeah. Like, it is such an asset and such a, like, mm. uh, a, a skill, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that is definitely the, not the main reason mm-hmm. for it. But, I, I mean, that's also a huge thing. Totally. Like, that's a really big deal, too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that being said, if you're looking for a job, email us at thepolitospodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, I'm not hiring, actually. I'm not hiring for my job. That's not my, that's not my responsibility. <laughs> Disclaimer, my views are just my own. They're not representative of the company I work for. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend that book, though. That's good. Even if, like, you're just curious about the topic, it's so fascinating. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, moving on. Um, I got to say this. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. I should have said this, like, oh, yeah. like sorry. a minute, like 10 minutes ago. Sorry, but, uh, sorry. Uh, next how, about, topic. how about this? We've been down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Whoa. This is a politos. We've been down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> no, I'm saying it because, like, we, we've been already down to the nitty gritty. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The things I've seen. We've been down to the nitty gritty. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> In my own way, I have. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, you just referenced a new girl uh, uh, thing here um, so should we tease that episode we're we should do? we should it's not but there's a bonus topic yeah this is a bonus this is not one of the five yeah because you just made me uh, remember okay so yeah. we came up with this idea because we've been kind of like rolling our eyes at something that's yeah. been happening so yeah. um flashback to like several years ago and i find out that audie's listening to this podcast um, called The Office Ladies. Yeah. And it is an office rewatch podcast featuring, well, the hosts are Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsley, Kinsey, Kinsey. Kinsey, yeah. Um, who play Angela and Pam on The Office. Mm-hmm. And they are going through every episode, rewatching and talking about it and giving, sharing like behind the scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was years ago that they started this podcast. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this year, I feel like, and maybe last year, these, like, rewatch podcasts are cropping up, like, everywhere. 
They were like a dime a dozen now. Yeah. And just very recently, there's like five that have come out. Yeah. Like within, I'm honestly, maybe like within the last couple of months. Right. So we decided, because we were kind of like rolling our eyes every time we saw a new one, mostly because I feel like sometimes it, it seems like, and we're going to talk about this on the episode, but it sometimes seems like, okay, these actors, like they don't know what to do. And so I was like, oh, let me just cash in on like right. my thing that was like the most popular. Right. Let's, you know, go back to that and like yeah. make money off of it again a second time. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not saying that that's wrong by any means. Right. You know? Go get that money. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, mm. So the ones that we have heard about and that we're going to listen to and review yeah. are Ned Declassified, School Survival Guide, um, New Girl, Boy Meets World, Wizards of Waverly Place, and even Stevens. Yes. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. If you if we missed one, and if there's one that you guys are thinking of that's like, oh my goodness, did you know that so-and-so is also doing a rewatch podcast? Let us know. Yeah. And we might include that in the review. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come up in maybe like a month or two. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Little teaser. Also, sorry, since we're teasing things, I do need to say that we do have a book review coming up, like an actual full episode book review. Yes. And so that's coming up in maybe two to three weeks. We don't have it nailed down yet. We don't. But I'm thinking, I don't know, three weeks maybe? Yeah, sure. I'm not going to put a date on it exactly, <laughs> but somewhere it's between two to four weeks. Gotcha. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, And that is the book Outside. Nope. That is the book Outdoor Kid in an Inside World by Stephen Ranella. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about halfway through it right now. Nice. And I'm not going to say anything else. No spoilers. That, that is it. Cool. So nice. if you want to read it, though, before then. Yeah. Definitely uh, do that so you can listen along. Right. Well, moving on to the third topic. Yes. What is it? Which one? Should uh, we spin this magical uh, imaginary wheel? Wheel Wheel of topics. <laughs> oh, look at that. Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> 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 so let's talk about Taylor Swift's new tour. Mm-hmm. What's it called again? The Eras Tour. Yeah. That Okay, so as of like two days ago yeah it's uh it's she's on tour uh-huh uh yeah what do you think uh <laughs> what do i think about her going on tour okay so so we so let's talk about it there okay. Ticketmaster. yeah is the the prominent uh ticket seller yeah for her tour like most for most tours, tours yeah. right they have the monopoly we all know this and if you haven't heard that Ticketmaster shut down the their website shut down when Taylor Swift's pre-sale tickets went up mm-hmm. like live. Yeah. It, it was shut down because of the the demand. Yeah, there was just too many. It actually got delayed. It was going to Oh yeah, that's right. It was going to be I don't know I'm not sure quite quite sure what the time it was going to be live. I mean, I think it was different for everybody, right? Like I think I don't think that they all went up at the same time. No, no. It depends on like the city that, yeah. yeah. But like I know that we tried to get pre-sale or we got pre-sale and the pre-sale access and first it was going to be okay at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. Then 
it, they they said it got delayed, and so it was going to be like four o'clock in the afternoon or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, we were actually driving back from Disneyland. Um, oh yeah, and it worked out where we needed to stop on the way. Yeah. Um. So we stopped at a Starbucks, and while we were there, you were trying to get the tickets, and you yeah. just couldn't. I was on a waiting list and waiting for a while, like yeah. a good like hour or so, and then it was my turn. Yeah. And I saw maybe just like a handful of tickets left, mm-hmm. and so um, whenever I would see one, whenever I would find one. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy them. And mm-hmm. I would go to the next page and it didn't really load. It would not load. And so I would refresh the page and try to do the same thing. And then that ticket was sold. And so I went to another one and mm-hmm. then it got sold again. And so I, I couldn't buy a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end, there were no tickets left. Yeah. And so I was so bummed out mm-hmm. because I had been waiting uh, in the queue line for a while. Yeah. You were very disappointed. and I, I was mean, so bummed out. I was disappointed, but you were more disappointed. And I'm not sure if it's because you were the one who was like physically trying to get the tickets. Maybe. Or what. But um, yeah, we were just like, okay, well, that's it. That is it. Yeah. So that was sad. And it also just felt very like anticlimactic because it seemed like there were tickets available and then you just couldn't get yeah. them. And it just was all yeah. very weird. The yeah, I was definitely disappointed, I think, because I was waiting and stuff, but mostly mm-hmm. also because I wanted to see her. Yeah, I've been wanting to see her it, for a long it, time. It, I think she's on my bucket list. Yeah. So I was very excited, and then I was bummed out for a good, like, week or two. Yeah, you were. I was constantly bringing, kept, not bringing constantly, her Not constantly, but you were bringing it up. You're like, oh, I wish we got those tickets. We're yeah. going to get to see Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, you know, everyone riots about it, how Ticketmaster messed up, blah, blah. Yeah, Taylor Swift also complains about it. It was a little unclear to me, like, what actually happened i just kept hearing like oh Ticketmaster shut down or whatever but yeah it was kind of i I was like but what exactly happened like what happened to the tickets what like what's going on yeah i never really knew yeah so i think a lot of people got their tickets during that the pre-sale yeah yeah a lot of people did but a lot of people did yeah and then we were just hope i was hoping that once they were public uh i was going to be able to get a ticket or two and we were two tickets no and same issue. There were no tickets at a all. Ticket or two. You were just yeah. you got one. You were just gonna go without me. I Sorry, cor- honey. I corrected myself. I only found one. <laughs> Fun. Let's split it. <laughs> you go to the first half. Yes. Anyway. No. Anyway. So uh, I was bummed out and blah blah, and I, I moved on. Right. That was like I'm not sure. Was that like November? It was in November. It was in November. Yeah, because okay. that's when we went to Disney. Okay, and then um, two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. I get an email mm-hmm. out of the blue mm-hmm. saying, I didn't know about this. I guess this was announced in December. Ticketmaster sends me an email saying, you uh, have a second chance opportunity to get Taylor Swift tickets what? for this day and time at the the at, uh, at the at Levi's Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, what <laughs> so at first my first thought was like this is this is a scam yeah right um and so uh i'm like whatever it says like you have until like three days or you know and uh, to do this uh-huh. otherwise it's gonna 
that's it. Yeah. The, you lose your chance. So I tell you about it and then uh, I look more into it and, and um, I wait till the last day to commit to it because <laughs> I couldn't really find a lot of uh, information about this through Twitter, through Taylor Swift, through a Ticketmaster. I couldn't really find all information. And then I see like a couple articles that were published in December mm-hmm. saying that this is like legit. Mm-hmm. The, the Ticketmaster, um, they're, they're doing this and yeah. they're uh, doing this for every city is going to take it some time to get to yours. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I tell you about it. And so, um, we enter this kind of like lottery system. And so, um, we end up getting tickets at the end. Yeah. And so, believe it or not. Yeah. So we get, we have tickets and, uh, for, what is it? July. July. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's very exciting. I know. It's so crazy though. Yeah. And so we we um you were not as like excited as I was. I don't know why. I think that I had just fully accepted <laughs> that like we weren't going and then yeah. I was just like, Oh, like I don't know. I'm not sure, but it, yeah. yeah, I I think I will get excited the closer it gets and yeah. everything and I started seeing some like clips on instagram yesterday of people that went to like the opening night the opening show and so i was like oh it does look pretty cool but i also don't want to see too much right all i saw was just like five of her dresses like her outfits that she had that's funny yeah that's it um no i saw some like actual clips oh nice Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't want to get spoiled but yeah uh i mean you could assume the obvious like she's gonna play her favorite hits (laughs) the greatest hits uh and some other Good stuff. Do you want me to tell you one like spoiler I found out? Spoiler? You can't really. I know it's not really a spoiler, but do you want me to tell you one thing I found out though? No. Oh really? I kind of want to tell you. Okay, sure, go ahead. You're not going to care that much, but I care. Okay, well, if you are a bigger a, a bigger Taylor Swift fan than us, please skip like the next like, like 15, 15, 30 seconds. seconds yeah. 30 seconds. Um, I found out that she played um, all too well, Ooh. ten minute version. Ooh. Really? Yeah. 10 minutes? Uh-huh. Wow. Which is my favorite song. Yeah. So, my favorite Taylor Swift yeah. song, yeah. Dang, man. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So. I guess a lot of people like that, huh? That like the song. <laughs> yeah. That's why people were so excited about her coming out with the 10-minute version, and there was the short film, and blah, uh, blah, blah. Right, right. Yeah, of course people love it. Okay. So, yeah. anyway, I was excited, too, to hear that. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that's it. We got Taylor Swift tickets. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Here's to Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, moving on to the final topic. Um, Okay, so... This is more serious. No, it's not not that serious. We always, for some reason, act like this is really serious when we talk about this topic, and it's not that serious. Okay, we just wanted to give a little um, update about this topic, because... If you haven't, if you if you're new around here, if you haven't been around here since the beginning, one of the things that we talked about often on this podcast when we first started was um, Young Living. Yeah, and that is a well, I'll get into that, but that it fell under the umbrella of simplifying our life. Yes, um, Young Living is an uh, as a company that is a multi level marketing company. Yeah, and it sells essential oils along with other um, like quote unquote clean beauty lifestyle home products and are you are you reading a script i am no this is just (laughs) off the top of my head (laughs) if it sounds like i'm reading a script then i take that as a compliment (laughs) 
because I'm just coming <laughs> up with this right now. But anyway, <laughs> um, also, I know you're making fun of me because I said that to you the other day when you were doing an Instagram story. I was like, oh, are you reading a script? Anyway, so we... Early on, we were kind of doing, like, the business side of the company and trying to, um, like, sign people up and, in a way, like, sell, like, social right. social selling yeah. um, for Young Living. And about, when was this that we stopped? Definitely, definitely last year, maybe at the beginning. Yeah, maybe, like, a year ago or so. Yeah. We stopped, we decided to stop doing the business side of Young Living and stop trying to promote it. Um, but we talked about how we still use the products and we still, um, had our subscription. And so we were ordering from them every month and earning points. And, you know, we talked about how there's a lot of, um, great products that we really enjoy using and we'll continue using. And there's also, um, products that we don't like and Mm -hmm. we don't think are worth it. And there's also things about the company, the multi-level multi-level marketing model and the culture of the company that we um, don't really enjoy. And so we wanted to give a little update on that because as of, well, it will be true in like a few (laughs) days or like a week from now that we've decided to actually cancel our subscription. Yeah. And so the reason, I don't know, I feel like the bottom line of like why we're talking about this is two things. We didn't really discuss this so you can tell me if you agree with me right i think we're talking about this for two reasons the first reason is to like just in the name of like transparency and honesty yeah and then second is just like hashtag normalize changing your mind right you know um we talked also recently about brand loyalty and how like Mm -hmm. that can change and it's okay to be brand loyal but it's okay to also like change your mind about it Mm -hmm. and so anyway um we I think there are still products from Young Living that we do really like. Yeah. Um, but we have kind of come to the conclusion that it's not really worth it to us anymore to have like the monthly subscription. Right. And when there are things that we want, we can buy those and it will, um, we like, we won't be earning the points anymore, mm-hmm. but it's going to be saving us money in the long run because we're only going to be buying things that like we actually need and not feeling like we have to buy stuff every month. Right. And so like, I still see us buying like the thieves household cleaner mm-hmm. and po- possibly like, we like the um, shampoo, baby shampoo and body wash that we use for Miguel. Yeah. Um, and maybe the laundry soap, like there, mm-hmm. and and some of the oils. Like there's definitely things that we will still probably order from time to time. Yeah. Um, but we didn't feel like we were. We felt like it was controlling us, and we weren't like controlling it. Yeah. In a way, we okay. felt kind of like we were just we had to do this monthly. Um, order even when we didn't really feel like we wanted it or that there were Mm -hmm. things that we really needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in this case, in the name of like simplifying our life, it made more sense to uh, cancel the subscription. Right. I don't know. I think we just wanted to share that and realize and like just talk about how something that in in some ways were so much a part of our brand, like at Mm -hmm. the beginning, Mm -hmm. we've just changed not like we haven't like completely done a 180 and like we no longer like oh we hate essential oils now it's yeah. all a scam like we yeah. don't feel that way at all um but 
we've just we're in like a different we have a different relationship to it now right um yeah i i I told you i I felt like a slave to it yeah like every month you we have to keep up with our monthly order otherwise we're we're gonna lose we're gonna lose the points the points the points yeah i think that once you get to that i think that now you're being controlled by by the the products Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things we talk about all the time with simplifying your life is that these things are not supposed to control you. They're not yeah. supposed to be more important than people yeah. or than other things in our life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. Like every month we do not need a toothpaste. I think for the past few <laughs> months, we didn't really change our monthly subscription just because we forgot or we were too busy or whatever. We, were, we meant to change it because we needed something. Uh, but almost the, the past few months, uh, we had the same products delivered to uh, to us for a while and that's very telling that we weren't thinking about like oh this there's this thing i need like let me go and put it in the order right yeah yeah and so uh with that we have also found some alternatives and to some things to some things that are cheaper and do the same thing and are uh to us uh have very simple uh, ingredients Mm -hmm. um such as native from target native Mm -hmm. has they're they're doing a lot and i think that that, that might be the the competitor to yeah. know, living into other stuff I, like that yeah i don't want to give like a full <laughs> endorsement of native because right. there's some things about it that i saw there are still some question marks in my mind right yeah but to some to some degree we have yeah. uh, changed a lot of stuff uh, with native and uh and there's still other products out there that are good dr bronner that are non uh young living mm-hmm. so um that's a thing we don't want to become slaves to to it be controlled by products and um and essentially um be financially like like feel like we don't want to feel like we have this like obligation a financial obligation Mm -hmm. to stay with young living right just because of the brand well we talked about it before and i'll just mention it again briefly because this is part of the decision as well that we never from the very beginning we never felt very comfortable with like the um social selling yeah side of it and i don't feel like social selling is wrong or bad at all like if you're being clear about it and you're being um like direct and you're also being you're not um taking advantage of like relationships that you have with real people in your life then i don't think there's anything wrong with it but i also think with things like a multi-level marketing company um and with Young Living in particular, there sometimes can be a this like weird culture of like, you know, our products are like better than all other products and there's no other alternatives. Like if you're not using Young Living products, then like you can't trust these other things. Yeah. And I think it can become, dare I say, cult-like in that way because of the like we can't trust outsiders thing. Yeah. And that's a little dangerous, I would say. Yeah. And we talked about when this documentary came out um it's probably not the documentary you're thinking of because it was before that documentary i don't know what you're i don't know about. there was a more recent one but then oh, really? there was one before that i think but a documentary came out and it mentioned young living in a negative way and on our facebook group somebody asked the question of like how should we respond to this and yeah. i found that very like uncomfortable yeah and also the answers that some of the like 
leaders in the group were giving, I also found uncomfortable of like, don't watch it. Like, don't yeah. listen to what they're saying. Um, and that's just one example, but there's other things um, of just kind of like the whole, like we can't trust anything outside of Young Living thing mindset that we found a little uncomfy. Yeah. And so that combined with the fact that like we have just sort of felt a little bit bogged down by it. Um, we've just decided to, you know, stop buying from them every month. But I still think, again, they still have some good products. Just like with any, just like with any brand, they have good products and they have ones that are not so good and we don't have to. We can buy things from them without it being part of our personality. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. So with as far as the culture stuff, the people in Young Living, it's... I think if we were to copy paste this little segment and 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 place it in their like community on Facebook or whatever, you know, yeah, it, it wouldn't go well. Um, well, no, of course not. I mean, nobody wants to be criticized, but right. But and but the thing is, like, I think it should it should be okay. People should be okay with like listening to yeah. to the other side of it and, and think for themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as uh, young living and stuff, I, I think there's something on our. Young uh, on our Instagram that there's like a link that goes straight to Young Living. So oh, that's true. We might want to remove to, uh, that. Remove that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do th- we'll do that, and um, we'll talk about we'll talk about it next week, and then next week we'll talk about our. Um, fun little event we did this weekend oh yeah we said we were talking about five topics today but we decided to save the fifth one for next week yeah it's pretty good it's pretty fun yeah so all right y'all well i think we need to end this on a a good uh, taylor swift quote and as taylor swift all too well taylor's version 10 minute version says it was rare you were there you remember it all too well see you next next time. time <laughs> so the era was it the eras tour? the eras tour eras tour yeah um, not eras <laughs> eras the eras 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 there you go the eras tour is mm, interesting eras <laughs> <laughs> the eras tour is what i just eras eras sure yeah the eras tour is here <laughs> what It's interesting the way that you say it. Okay, you say it. Eras. No, I mean... No, no, go ahead. Just introduce it. No, no, go ahead. Okay, so... We're going to cut all that out.